Welcome to COVID Confessions by the Mad Priest, a podcast that will only last for 11 episodes. Each one, we take a local Chattanooga and do an awesome work, and we talk to them. Hopefully you had to first endure the terrible video that we made with them. I'm your host, Michael Rice, and I am not a priest. Welcome back to COVID Confessions, the serious and uh, educational part of the show. Um, actually, I am really, really honored and excited today because um, I have a huge respect for Tim Kelly. I do want to quickly read off uh, a, a part of the bio that he sent me because there's just so much going on here. Um, and I first really got uh, to talk with Tim a good bit at some of the, the um, organizational things that uh, the foundations put together, talking through some of the development and chatting and things like that. But if you don't know, uh, Tim Kelly is a Chattanooga entrepreneur with a passion for community. Uh, he grew up working in his family's automobile industry the business. After attending University of New York, he returned back here to run the dealerships, uh, i.e. Kelly Subaru. Uh, he went on to start several other dealerships. Um, he is also invested in several other local businesses that he's been a part of. He also co-founded the CFC, Chattanooga Football Club, in 2009 and currently serves as the chairman. Uh, we've seen a lot of amazing growth there, which uh, one of the things I'm uh, uh, love that they did is to uh, Tim. What do you call it? the supporter ownership? Supporter ownership. Crowdfunded equity. Yeah, yeah. crowdfunded equity. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Um, and then, then the first one, Shenyu, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, business to do that. Uh, yeah, first first sports club in the in the in the uh, U.S. In the, in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, he also serves on several civic and charitable boards, uh, including. The Community Foundation of Greater Chattanooga, River City Company, Benwood, Finley Stadium Corporation, and the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. Um, and I could, could go on and go on with several other things, but I think the thing to end with that's most important is he is a self-described, quote, Chattanoogan first and foremost, end quote, um, and can generally be found brainstorming some new way to solve a problem and workshopping ways to serve the community. And in his spare time, he enjoys playing soccer, running with his wife. Jenny, even though he's behind, yeah. and hunting and fishing with Chasing his two sons, wife, Jack and yeah. Cannon. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you, man. Glad um, to be here. Yeah, man. So uh, obviously the big topic is uh, running for mayor. Tell us a little bit about that, why you're doing it, and why you're not a politician. Well, I'm doing it because I've had a front row seat around here for a long time, you know, and I've been involved in a lot of nonprofits in, in the business world. And I think Chattanooga is in a place where we're either going to move forward or we're going to move back. And, you know, this was prior to COVID. Um, so, you know, look, I, I, I don't have any further political ambitions. I do not care a thing about climbing a political ladder. And I think we need to get back to kind of a nonpartisan approach to local politics. I'm a, I'm a localist first and foremost. So I, I, I know it sounds uh, kumbaya, but I really just want to make Chattanooga a better place. So uh, being a localist, uh, just plain devil's advocate. Yeah. Let's say you're, you're mayor, you run another term, you don't plan to move beyond that. So you end, you end your time, you hopefully were successful and did some of the things or all the things that you wanted to implement and grow our community yep. and then move on to the next thing, the next business and still be here in Chattanooga. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that doesn't seem as common, uh, at least in the politics that I follow. So. Yeah. Well, again, I'm, I'm not a politician. Um, it's been it's been what, 16 years since we really had a, a, a business mayor and nothing against uh, Mayor Burke or Mayor Littlefield. I'm a big admirer of both of theirs and some great initiatives, but I, I don't, you know, again, sounds a little goofy, but I, I'm uh, in the Rotary Club for a lot of years and I believe in the model of servant leadership. And 
I think I understand the community as well as anybody, and I think um, I think I know how to you know get get us back on track. And particularly post COVID, it's going to be tough, but I'm I'm up for it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm interested in, really. Yeah, and I I want to go back uh, in a few minutes to when you you said business mayor, and I really want to hit on that with some economical questions. But yeah. first, I want to come back to what you just mentioned. Chattanooga can either move back or move forward. What do you mean? What do you mean by move back? Well, look, I mean, uh, I think a, a larger percentage of our economy now is is dedicated towards tourism than it ever has been. And that's nothing against tourism. I mean, it's 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 based around our our great scenic beauty and our quality of life. But it can't be everything. Right. I mean, it can't be uh, what our entire economy is based on. Um, tourism is actually kind of magical from an economic perspective because the money gets, you know, airdropped in here and then the people turn around and leave. So right. it's a good thing. But but the you know but we can't just be an economy of twelve dollar an hour jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, Nashville and Atlanta are hoovering up uh, you know all these big companies that are relocating, and and we've got to get we've got to have wage growth, not just job growth. So we we've got to figure out how to really get competitive um, with with those cities and be able to recruit higher paying jobs here. Yeah, well that perfectly segues into some of these economic issues, which obviously are going to be very tied into your. Yeah. Uh, your candidacy, but uh, tell me a little bit more about how, not only how we as a community, but how you foresee the way of creating wage growth, not just job growth. Uh, well, I mean, I think it gets back to really, um, it, it comes back to what are, what are our sort of, now I'm going to get into economic speak, but our core competitive advantages uh, and, and really our best one is our quality of life. Like nobody has the, the physical beauty or the resources, or the trail networks. You know, my wife's a trail director um, and a, a, a you know, a, a rather a race director for trail races. We've got such an incredible array, more so than Nashville, or not Nashville, but Asheville, really close in. And I, and I think we could be leveraging that even better, not only to attract people here who, who want to live here, um, but, but for, you know, for companies who are looking for a really great quality of life you know, uh, to, to relocate for their, for their employees. So, um, you know, look, Chatt Chattanooga, uh, you know, outdoor Chattanooga has kind of been twisting in the wind and I think it needs more resources. And I think we need to be more intentional about, about marketing, uh, Chattanooga as an, as an outdoor city, um, to, to, to bring companies and, and people here from all over the place. And I would just add, I, I read a book, um, by an economist named Enrico Moretti that had a big impact on me called The New Geography of Jobs. And his thesis was that, you know, uh, it's kind of always thought to be a chicken and the egg question as to whether capital follows talent or mm -hmm. talent follows capital, mm -hmm. right? We need both of them in Chattanooga to achieve economic growth. But he, his thesis very clearly is that capital follows talent. Mm -hmm. Well, if we can attract really talented people here that could live anywhere, right? but they choose to live here and we can, you know, package that and market it and, and, uh, you know, sell it. Then the, then in theory, the capital will, will follow. Sure. And that's yeah. what we need. Yeah. So, um, I have two directions. I want to go with the first one that intrigues me, um, that I think you'd have a good perspective on is, you know, you described a way of life and a lifestyle that, is obviously well known here in Chattanooga and is also very attractive for people 
from outside Chattanooga, what about the people that are here now yeah. and from here that either have no engagement with that outdoor life? Obviously, they might want a better quality of life, but yep. maybe they didn't grow up in a culture that engaged with trail systems and things like that. So how yep. how does that fit into that without us being overrun with a bunch of you know middle class outdoor? Yeah, and look, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and it's and it's just a I mean, this is not a simple problem. I think um, Ch Chattanooga's mayors for a long time were focused on the really shiny stuff, big capital projects and things of that like nature. Iron Man kind of. Yeah. And, and look, it's not like we've we've got serious problems that we need to turn our attention to. And I think Mayor Burke's actually done a, a good, gotten started on this. Um, having to do with uh, equity and racial reconciliation, right? And and educational equity most directly, right? If we can't, you know, it shouldn't matter what neighborhood you live in and, or God forbid what color your skin is, uh, that you get a great education. I mean, and we're, we're not there yet. And so the city can't do a ton about that. That's really a county function, but I think the city can push harder to, to make sure that does happen. Right. And the city can do more in the area of early childhood education um, to make sure that really high quality early childhood education uh, is accessible for everybody, particularly mm -hmm. in, in key um, disadvantaged neighborhoods. And very frankly, all the data and the research shows that if you get early childhood education right, um, you know the, the burden comes off of K through 12 to a much greater extent, right? If you, if you don't get yeah. that right, then in some ways you're just rearranging deck chairs on a on a sinking ship. Right. Kids kids have got to be able to come into kindergarten ready to learn, and and the city can help with that. Right. So I think if I'm not mistaken, I've heard you maybe at one point uh, via social media. I'm not sure make a statement such as education is the biggest issue at hand in Chattanooga. Is that is that no, sound? There's about? no question. I mean, it's yeah. if I've spent 30 years here, and in the, in the nonprofit sector, I've been on I don't know how many different boards, maybe 20. You know, all, they're all just lenses on on the same problem. And, and that entire 30 years brings me back to that ineluctable point. And that is education is the mother of all problems. It's the keystone. If you fix that, eventually everything else sort of sorts itself out. If you don't fix it, everything else is just, you know, is, is really sort of uh, in vain. So, yeah. I mean, we have got to fix that. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of coming back then to that second question, uh, part of the question talking about creating uh, wage growth. Um, I'm just thinking through what is that uphill battle look like now, despite being a part of COVID. And I know obviously talking about coronavirus over and over and over is, is very tiring, but obviously from an economic perspective, we're in a very unique time. We're in a time that's very confusing. We're in a time where the markets are crashing. And yet now for some reason, it looks like they're at some of the best they've been in a while and it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a, a, a political scientist. I'm not an expert by any means, but I would love to hear your thoughts on the economy of Chattanooga. I mean, obviously as a whole of the U S but like what, what is COVID doing to us? And ultimately what is, what's really going on? What's yeah. really going on with these markets and stuff? Yeah, we could be here till this time tomorrow <laughs> talking about it, but I think I'd, I'd make a couple of key observations. One is that financial capitalism is increasingly and problematically, you know, calving away from market capitalism, right? So put put in simpler terms, Wall Street and Main Street don't always have the same objectives. Right. Um, and it's why I'm such a fan of, of impact investing, 
Um, if you're not familiar with that term and that concept, I mean, there's, you know, pension funds and foundations in Chattanooga that are invested, you know, obviously, you know, their job is to invest that money, get the returns back and then spread it around. Mm -hmm. Well, what are they invested in? Mm. Right. They're, they're invested in major corporations. They're, they, they buy stock in them. They're, they're off, you know, on the New York stock exchange, what corporations, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, Coca-Cola, uh, General Motors, Amazon, how many of, how many, how many of those dollars funnel back into Chattanooga? Right. Very few. Right. right. Cause the chat, the United States is really dividing into these two worlds. One that, that is attached to that sort of, uh, you know, uh, Wall Street publicly traded company infrastructure, and then the rest of us. And so my point is those those funds, when and where possible, should be invested back into Chattanooga directly uh, in real estate projects and in anything that will safely provide, uh, you know, uh, an adequate return. Because if we're boxing up money and sending it out of here, then we're just basically uh, a vassal state, right? So so Chattanooga's got to really start looking out for itself and start thinking about things, um, you know, in a in a Chattanooga first sort of way. And I certainly mm -hmm. don't mean that in a Trumpy sort of way. But <laughs> but I mean, look, Nashville is not our friend. Atlanta right. is not our friend. We're in we're in a competition here for for talent and for resources, and we got to start acting like it. Yeah, and and I mean, I can certainly attest to it from a industry perspective, food and beverage. It's very difficult to find talented individuals. I'm not saying there aren't some here. Yeah. There are people here that are great, um, but it, it is difficult sometimes to find uh, that raw talent. One of the things that you just said that really intrigued me, so I, I'm finally getting around to reading Robert Reich's Saving Capitalism. Yeah. And <clears throat> obviously there's some amazing points in there and you kind of, you said it, financial versus market capitalism. One of the things that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is what does it look like to try to keep dollars in Chattanooga, particularly from like a developmental perspective? Because if you have all these developments getting put up that clearly are from outside money, yep. that are clearly going to return to outside money and also are even impacting us on a local level as far as uh, affordable housing and things like that. What are the things lawfully that we can do or even that you as a city mayor can potentially pursue to enact different uh, things that would enable that or disable them, I guess, from from doing that and keeping money here. What, what does that even look like? I have no idea. So there are a lot of great tools and concepts on the table. Um, there's an outfit called uh, B-A-L-L-E, Bali, um, that is committed to localism. That They did a conference here a couple of years ago that got a lot of people's heads turning. The concept of a community land trust mm -hmm. is a great one that I think we should explore to help make, to, to help keep neighborhoods more affordable. And so, you know, in a, a local foundation, for example, um, might make a grant to the land trust and the land trust might buy a piece of property that maybe otherwise a slumlord would wind up with um, and then put a covenant in there to say, you know, this is going to be developed correctly uh, and and it's going to be, you know, and it's going to be responsibly managed. Um, and would a covenant like that, per, like if they were to break it, like would the pain and the loss from breaking that be too great for them to be tempted to if it does happen to fall into the hands of someone who's being a little more on the financial greedy side. It's it's all about carrots and sticks, right? So literally about incentives and disincentives. And there's some really smart people that do this for a living. And it's not that difficult to get right. There's some really good best practices from around the country that we can look at. Similarly, I mean, um, I think I'm at liberty to say, but there was a, a local foundation here that, again, um, they maybe they uh, provide some debt financing to the right sort of development. Uh, 
in exchange for a covenant that the development has a certain amount of affordable housing or is developed in, in a local friendly way. So, and, and the city could do that as well. And the, you know, the, the police pension fund could do that. There, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of ways. Chattanooga has a long history of public-private partnerships. And again, this stuff is being done elsewhere around the country. We just have to muster the political will to do it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I'm curious to hear from you, I've seen you in some of these community initiatives we've been a part of, like Bali. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like there's a risk at any point if you were to receive this position and be in, I know even in a, I'm not a politician perspective, but in a position of, a lot on your plate, how will you maintain the equality of diverse voices to your ears that you need to continue to be on this path? Like how, how does that get maintained just from an accountability perspective? Well, okay, so I think it's important to mention that, you know, my sort of personal, and it's, you know, ground into me from growing up in a consumer business as, as uh, you know, and I know you're familiar with this as well, Right. Like I am a listener. I mean, I, I the, the, the taxpayers are our customers. And, and from a general perspective, you know, friends know that I say this all the time. Like when two people uh, in business agree, one of them is unnecessary. <laughs> I, I really value diversity of voices and I'm not going to wear a three piece suit into work every day. I'm not going to stop going to eat where I eat. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to walk around with an entourage. I want to hear from people. I honest to God do. I really believe the truth will set you free. And, and I believe you get at the right answer, uh, by listening to diversity of opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm a, I'm a huge diversity person, but not for diversity's sake, but because genuinely, uh, that's how you arrive at the best idea is, is hearing from all perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that we could go on all day. Um, and there's a bazillion other questions I could ask you, I guess. Are there any other final thoughts that in your mind would be relevant just to share as this is meant to be more of a short podcast, yeah. wet people's palates that uh, will be relevant on the, the reality of you running and economics and how you will truly make Chattanooga a better city. No, I would just say it's a, it's a, again, you know, I made the decision to do this before the, before the COVID crisis hit. Um, and it, it hadn't flagged my interest one bit. I really do like difficult things and, and challenges and, uh, and it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a puzzle, but I love puzzles. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm obviously, um, I don't need the job. I know that's not a popular thing to say. But I, I'm I, I really do love the city and uh, and I think I'd be good at it and I think the city would be city would be better for it. So I'm looking. I hope I get elected and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I I don't. I guess I'm not sure why it would not be popular to say that, but I would prefer someone to at least attempt to say that. Yeah. It yeah. Seems like there's some authenticity there. So, um, Tim. Well, I really appreciate uh, you being on the show. Is there anywhere people can find you? How do people follow you? How do people learn more about the campaign? What does that look like? Campaign website is Kelly for. Cha.com. We, you know, we just say Kelly for Chattanooga, but it's a hell of a lot easier to type into your browser. Just Kelly for CHA.com. Um, that's the easiest way. You can go there and check it out. Sounds good. And uh, if you find yourself uh, thirsting for a delicious beverage, head on over to Chattanooga Brewing Company. Absolutely. Ron Chestnut. They have yeah. some delicious beers. New so. Faultless Lager um, <laughs> was a beer that was out in 1905 originally. We dusted off and some cool merch. And it's actually a really good 4% light 
American lager. I'm, nice. I'm shocked that they pulled it off as well as they did. I shouldn't really say that, but I mean, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And if you haven't been there in a while, they have this amazing old map of, uh, of the city uh, that's just really fun to look at. And we've uh, had the pleasure of hosting events there and doing fun stuff. So yeah, check them out. Uh, check out Tim Kelly and uh, his, his candidacy and his running. And uh, yeah, Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, cheers. COVID confessions.